I have some notes for this too. And you made a, notes? Well, I am so impressed with your professionalism. Hey, it's a post-it with some scribbling <laughs> on it. All right, don't go, don't go crazy. I'll send you a picture. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert! All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert! Shields up. What shields? You're Starfleet officers. Now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrick. Plain, simple, Garrick. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. And for Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to the Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, and Dr. Bill Robinson. Bloody hell. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen to the Prophets, the Deep Space Nine review program. I am Paul Spataro, and I am once again joined by my stellar cast of mates. There is Sir Andrew Leyland. Hello! David Pascarella. How's it going? And Dr. William Robinson. Hello, my boys! That that was last time. <laughs> oh, oh. Hello. Hello, Jimmy! Jimmy, my boy! <laughs> that's right and whenever you if you're irish and you punch someone you have to go when you punch right why why did that sound like thing stop stop me space related Deep Space Nine. So, we have arrived <laughs> at the end of season six. Yeah, blimey, all right. After we finish today, we only have one season to go to complete a run of seven full seasons of this show. I, I think that's quite an accomplishment. Wow. If and when we get there. Because <laughs> we're not there yet. We'll get there. But I, I think it's it's pretty cool. Uh you know, and I'm not sure. I'm going to be kind of lost. It's, I'm, going to, I'm going to have empty nest syndrome once we once we get to the end of this. So, we'll we'll talk about what we're going to do. But uh, I'm pretty excited about this God, episode. There's always 15 seasons of Supernatural. <laughs> oh God, no! Well, I'm going to, I'm going to just throw out there because let people just chew on it for a while because we have a full season to go. But I I would not mind doing the recent series episode by episode. Do Discovery. Do uh, Picard. You know, do just just stay with the recent stuff. I would not mind think, going think, there. Going there. I think Bill and I would just get bored of Discovery season two, and I don't want to do something that bores me. All right, well, I know we, we were talking about it in real time, and both of us like, is this making a lick of sense? And Bill's like, no, it isn't. Then maybe what we should do, and this is just a thought, I'm throwing it out there, spitballing, is. When Picard comes out, assuming we're all able to watch the episodes, as we're recording this, because we're so far ahead, we do episodes on Picard, but then we yeah. save them until this series is done, and then we we post those. Yeah, we could do that. Or we're still looking at. Or we post these as it goes along, in which case you know, that might it would be delay more... everything. It would be more timely for the listeners. Yeah, because it would be because they wouldn't come out for like another year and a half by the time. 
after Picard's done, probably. Yeah. Bill, 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 Dave has literally just posted the episode where Jadzia marries Worf on the day that we watched the one where she dies. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, spoilers. It's not a spoiler. It's in this episode. If you've watched this episode, oh, you're listening oh. to this podcast. If what? you're not... If you not watch the episode and you're listening to this podcast, what the hell are you doing? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was supposed I to watch I it? Don't, I don't mean generally. What are you doing? I mean, what are you doing listening to this drivel if you've not watched the show? I was supposed to watch this episode. You were supposed to watch this episode. You were supposed to take copious amounts of notes. Like Bill. You were supposed to watch it again. And then we were supposed to talk about it. Yeah, that's how it was. Only Bill does it properly. That's right. I got the post-its to prove it. <laughs> he has as well. He sent us a picture of the post-it notes for those that, you know, it's an audio medium. And they are they are very detailed notes. <coughs> Jad, see ya, dies. He's written in crayon. It's really no, that's not even the... And it know. trails off as it goes down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very tear-stained post-it note. There's nothing on there about her dying. That top word is dive. <laughs> because, well... You heartless it, bastard. You don't even mention it, that she dies. No, I don't. Not in my notes. <laughs> so, we might as well talk about this episode right away, because we got no news. So this is the final episode of Season 6, episode number 26, directed by Alan Croker, written by Iris Stephen Bear and Hans Beamer. Hans and the guest appearances on it include Andrew Robinson, Jeffrey Combs, Mark Alamo, uh, David Burney, uh, J.G. Hertzler, Aaron Eisenberg, Casey Biggs, Barry Jenner, Michelle Horn, Bob Kirsch, and James Darren. So it's old home week in the guest stars. Roster, well, it is it? the final episode of the season, so we do have... Mm. And, and you know what? There was, in the last episode, which we did not talk about... Uh, Memory Alpha makes note of the fact that they were going to have dialogue in there which was going to kind of recap the season through exposition. Uh, And I guess they either decided that was a little too hammy or that they just didn't have the time to put that all in. But they are clearly, you know, like gearing up the stuff here. The plot of this episode goes something like this. Admiral Ross informs Captain Benjamin Sisko that Starfleet intends to go on the offensive in the war against the Dominion and intends to move to invade Cardassia. They they evaluate the plans and decide to move against the Chintaka star system. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Commander Worf and Lieutenant Commander Jadzia Dax discuss their plans to have a baby with Dr. Julian Bashir. Both Bashir and Quark mourn the fact... Wait, Bashir's having their baby? Whoa. What a wonderful way to tell him how much they loves him. (laughs) To having a baby. Wait till that baby comes out and looks just like Julian. (laughs) Well, like Quark. (laughs) Okay, so uh, they're mourning the fact that it means that Worf and Dax's marriage is solid and neither have a chance for her, which is really the one stupid plot point in this whole episode as far as I was concerned. They both visit the Suite to see Vic Vontaine, who counsels them on their loss. Sisko meets with General Martok and and the Romulans to discuss the plans for Chintaka and discover that they need to attack immediately as the Cardassian Dominion are about to improve the defenses 
the night before the attack. Cisco receives a vision. Oh, excuse me. I forgot to improve the defenses. The night before the attack, Cisco receives a vision from the prophets who warn him not to leave the station. Cisco tells Ross about the vision, who responds he must decide between his duty to Starfleet and the prophets. Meanwhile, the Cardassian leader, Damar, receives intelligence about the Starfleet movements towards Chintaka and orders his troops to speed up the deployment of weapon platforms in the system. Dukat arrives and discloses his plan to allow one of the enemies of the Prophets, the Pa Wraiths, to possess him. He reveals a Bajoran artifact which he breaks. A red mist swirls around him and he is possessed by a Pa Wraith. The combined fleet arrives at Chintaka just as the weapons platforms are activated. As the fleet is being destroyed, on board the USS Defiant, Elam Garrick informs Sisko that the platforms can be taken offline if they find and destroy the central power source. They discover it on a nearby moon and destroy it by tricking the platforms to fire on their own power supply. On the station, Dax is visiting the Bajoran temple to thank the prophets for her pregnancy. Dukat, possessed by the Pa Wraith, suddenly transports in. Dax goes for her phaser, but he hits her with bolts of energy from his hands, and she collapses. He opens an orb of the prophets, and the energy leaves his body, entering the orb, which turns black. Outside the station, the Bajoran wormhole implodes. Dukat, back to his old self, apologizes to Dax and departs the station. The crew of the Defiant are informed of the attack and rush back to the station. When they arrive, they are informed that the wormhole is gone and the Bajoran orbs have turned dark. Bashir says that he was able to save the the Dax symbiote, but not Jadzia. She survives long enough to say goodbye to Worf. Over Jadzia's coffin, Sisko says that he has to leave the station and announces he's returning to Earth. He departs with his son, Jake, leaving Major Kira Norris in charge of DS9. The end. So it's a happy ending mm. and a happy episode overall. I, I really enjoyed this, but I kind of felt the whole baby thing was really just kind of like shoehorned in there a little too much. A little too much happened a little too quickly. Uh... And it seemed convenient to the plot, like, well, we're going to kill her, we have to make her pregnant. Quick, 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 make, make her pregnant. Uh, and the whole thing of, of Bashir and Quark mourning the fact that they're having a baby just seemed kind of dopey to me because it seemed very childish. And they, they're married, and come on, let's move on, you two. You, neither of you had a romantic relationship with, it, with her at all anyway. All you did was fawn over her for, for the last couple of years, and that kind of ended a while back anyway. Yeah, well, that's realistic gonna... if you're like 10. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they should have been doing that back when she got married, not now. Yeah. I mean, if they were going to do it at all. Yeah. yeah I thought it was more realistic like they that they didn't about, do it at all. But if you're going to do it, do it when they get married. The big book of cliches of what to do when you're going to kill a character off. All it was missing was she was a week away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Getting too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Jadzia story was the weakest part of it, but I acknowledge that that was forced upon them. But they could have written events. it better. They didn't they, have to make it, you know, just the fact that you have to kill her off doesn't mean you have to kill her off in kind of a lame way. And the actual death wasn't necessarily lame, although, I, I don't know, there's something about the special effect when he hits her with the bolt that just doesn't look right to me. Hmm. I like that for once we did actually see a bad guy just go, fuck it, and shoot somebody. And it be a regular cast member, because there's a lot of times where they don't do that just because it's a member of the regular cast and we know they're not going to die. So that was quite interesting that Ducat was just like, ah, I saw it and he screwed and he shot her. 
without a second thought about it. Well, he was also possessed by a par rate at the time, too. So you, yeah. there's even some element of plausible deniability on that. Yeah, I so I, him, I like that. I took him seriously that he really didn't want to, ki- you know. No, I, I think he didn't want to hurt her either. I just think he just did it. It's just he, business. He, yeah, and he was one of the best things about the episode. In fact, it's the guest cast in this one that really makes it. Ducat's brilliant in this. The bickering between Wayun and Demar is brilliant. You can see that Demar is one whiskey away from being an alcoholic. I love all the stuff with J.G. Hertzler, with Martok just ripping the piss out of the Romulans. All of that. Around the conference table. All of that stuff's just gold. And Cisco's just trying to be the peacemaker. And I finally liked um, the Admiral finally saying, look, Ben, you can't be both. You're either Starfleet captain or you're the emissary. Make your mind up. All of that stuff I thought was, was gold. I l- love Michael Wal- Michael Dorn's line delivery. When they're asking in the badgering, what were you doing in the in the, the hall suite? What were you doing? You're late. It is a private matter. We're going to have a baby. It was <laughs> a private matter. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was just genius. And there's so much about it that is good. It was a really action-packed and, and fast-moving season finale that just does leave this sour taste in your mouth over the death of Jadzia. But again, you know, that was nobody's fault. Odo can't figure out why Kira's mad because he arrested a Vedic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I love that. How many of us have been had a wife who was pissed off with you and you're like, I, what, why? What? What have what? I done? I was doing my... What? Yeah, huh? and it's and it's one of those things. Just like, just tell me. Yeah, because what it oh, is. Oh, you you know what you did. No, I, I don't. no, I don't. Yeah. Oh, that seems so realistic. <laughs> if I knew what it was, I'd done. So, and but what was even better was when she came in the next day and she'd forgotten all about it. And I'm like, so you're not angry at me anymore? And he's like, okay, so I guess you don't want to go out with me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's every every time every time I'm I'm in that position I'm like okay so she's done with me she's had enough yeah <laughs> I turn into Odo there was so much about it that was really good and and the the twist that they've now blown up the wormhole and he's cut them off from the prophets and all of that was great there was so much good stuff in this episode and the oh god the bit that I've not mentioned when they go to the Hollow Suite Quark and Bashir to see Vic Fontaine and he's singing every loser wins or whatever it is he's singing to them. <laughs> And he has that conversation with them where he tells them absolutely nothing. And yet they think he's given this profound advice. And as they walk out the door, he's just lovely guys, but dumb as a bag of bricks. <laughs> <laughs> James Darren has, has become really good in this show. And he's only been in it a couple of times so far. Oh, he's great. He's yeah. one of my favorite characters. He's, he's genuinely brilliant in this. And so there's so much to like about it. And I, I, you know, we haven't even gotten on to the main fact that they're, you know, they're finally really engaging in war. Yeah. You know, we, we've kind of had some, some downtime in the last few weeks where we really haven't seen much of what's going on with, you know, we, we, the season started with, you know, some big stuff and it oh, kind of lo- leveled getting off. back to the war, I was like, wait a minute, we've had plenty of episodes. Yeah. Yeah, but no, the last few episodes we haven't really had much and it, it's kind of like leveled off to, you know, okay, we're, we're getting back to a, you know, an, an episodic show and not so much of the serialized nature as we were doing before and now we're getting back to you know okay let's let's get to this main plot and ramp it up a little bit and and the ending with cisco kind of leaving i mean you know he's coming back even though even though kira concludes that he's not uh but just the ending you know with him 
going to work at his father's restaurant. Uh, it, you know, that came out of left field for me. I really did not anticipate that. <laughs> but what what exactly was he doing? I thought he was ah, I was wondering. No, 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 no. Like he's no, he's Weren't scrubbing those... the barnacles off of uh, clams <laughs> or oysters. oysters. No, no, no. I, I thought they were oysters. Potatoes. No. Right. Those are those I, are uh, those are oysters or clams, and he's he's scrubbing the barnacles because when you get those, you don't want all those nasty things all over the stuff when it comes to eating a restaurant. You ever had oysters? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, it's like eating snot, oh, but delicious. So good. So good. <laughs> they're good with hot sauce and beer. Everything's good with beer. Oyster oysters are really good raw, but they're even better deep fried. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> with, <laughs> with peanut butter and butter. Mm. Yeah. And next thing you know, they find you dead on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I like that fried peanut butter and oyster sandwich, please. So uh, that was Foghorn Leghorn. That wasn't Elvis. I don't know what happened there. I say, I say, give me some oysters, boy. So coming off of the cuisine part of our episode, <laughs> uh, I thought everybody really acted well i would say the biggest thing that just struck me as not quite right or you know i couldn't quite wrap my head around it was ducat was in the loony bin that is the politically correct term for it right yeah and he had been ousted as the he wasn't even i i didn't even think he was agent i didn't even think he was the leader of cardassia i thought he was just leading the war movement no he was the leader he, he was like everybody. the president slash king of cardassia i thought he was just the military leader i thought he was the regent for cardassia under the yeah anyway whatever his actual Founders. title was is almost irrelevant but he you know he went through the thing where he basically had to go to an institution because he was you know he, he had whatever ptsd or a nervous breakdown or whatever you want to call it uh and now he just comes back in unannounced and takes over again like like what (laughs) do do you have any sort of like command structure and damar is now in charge of everything like like it just i don't know it seems to me like this should be just a little bit they let him take over they just they just said okay he's got this plan what would it hurt to let him do this plan because what would it uh, hurt? Wait. He's going to destroy the wormhole. No, the way you <laughs> think he's crazy anyway. He's like, oh, you know, he's like, oh, I've changed. It's, you're right, Dukat. You have changed. You've gone from being a self-important egotist to a self-deluded madman. I hardly call that an improvement. <laughs> oh, and and you, you, you hit on the, just because you just made me remember it, the... Uh, you hit on the line about they it's a private matter it was a private matter is one of the best lines but the other best the other great line is when Wayun is dismissing the Bajoran's thoughts of the uh, prophets as gods oh. and he said yeah. and 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 Tamar says well you you know you think that the changelings are they are gods <laughs> yeah that was great yeah there's a lot to love in it apart from the main plot which is basically Star Wars isn't it that's Let's fine. destroy this. It's the Death Star. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that, though. No, I quite enjoyed it, but it, it felt... It, like yeah, well, well having it on, on the, the moon of Endor is also an issue, I guess. Yeah. And it was lovely seeing all the spaceships in the battle. It mm-hmm. was nice to see a, a Galaxy-class ship that didn't get blown up, which seems to be what Deep Space Nine likes to do, and they wheeled out. I thought it was an NX-01 in there, but obviously Enterprise didn't exist at this point. Bill knew the class, because he's a massive nerd. I think it's an Akira class. I think. <laughs> Yay, that's my guy. Akira Kurosawa class. 
Yeah. Uh, but the only thing that got me on this one is something we touched upon last time. Why is Jadzia not on the Defiant? Because she has what? to get killed. Because she exactly because of Kaplan get killed. Yeah. Why? Well, I would. I would. The Defiant. I would go on this very important mission on the Defiant, but I need to thank the prophets. Yes, I need to thank the prophets. Why is Kira on the Defiant? Because plot. Exactly. Because I this need to not be. I need to not be on DS9 when 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 Jadzia dies. Yeah. yeah. It's a Starfleet mission on a Starfleet ship. Kira should be left in charge of Deep Space Nine. Jadzia should be on the Defiant, and when Cisco has to take his leave of absence, when the prophets scream out like a million beings scream out all at once, like somebody had died or whatever, <laughs> and he gets escorted off the bridge, Worf should take command of the Defiant, not Kira. The Defiant's yeah. Worf ship. No, she. Didn't. I thought she took command of the. Uh... Oh no, yeah, she did take care of. She... No, but she was. I understand that it's that it's a Starfleet ship, but they do have a cooperative arrangement at DS9 and I'm just assuming that carries over to away missions that that she's still second in command I don't think so, that's how it would really work no yeah it's Akira should be on Deep Space Nine yeah she should be but if she's on the mission which she was I think she's still Worf's superior officer on a Starfleet mission she outranks Worf I don't think so well I, that's, I'm, I'm saying so I'm saying she does I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bill. Well, no, I mean, it's a coalition of forces. So, technically, you know, like Martok is a general and he would outrank. All Dr. right. Bashir. So the, the next question then is, is Bajor officially in the war? I, well, they're not in the Federation, but I'd say they're officially in the war, just like the Romulans are officially in the war. Mm. I'm still I'm, I'm not buying that. Uh, that was the only thing about it, because we've talked a lot about military chain of command and stuff, and Deep Space Nine's normally moderately accurate. But in this one, it's like Paul said, it was Kaplot that Jadzia wasn't here and Kira was. Logically, Kira should have been left <laughs> in charge of Deep Space Nine, Jadzia should have been on the Defiant, and the only reason she wasn't was because she could die. They don't even give an in-plot reason for it. I, I totally agree with you on that, that it should have been Jadzia on the ship and then... She would have been second in command when when Cisco was not able to function. But if you accept that they went on the mission the way they did, which again is a plot hole, but if you accept that, I do think Kira is on that mission a superior officer to Worf because of well, the cooperative arrangement that they have between the Bajorans and, and Starfleet. To gr- to disagree with myself, I guess it would sort of be like NORAD. It's joint American and Canadian. It's located in the United States, but at certain points, Canadian generals are in charge of NORAD. Hey. So, there you go. <laughs> Your hoses. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I I struggled with that. But, okay. well, I, I, but I think the bigger basis for that struggle is the fact that Kira just never should have been on that mission in the first place. No, she shouldn't. Yeah, but they had to leave... Jadzia alone. It's also, you know, it's one of the fundamental problems with Star Trek that's always been the case is that, you know, you can't have away missions and have all of your top officers on the away mission. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it just makes no sense. You have to leave, you know, somebody on the ship to, to you know, to run it and you're not going to just say, okay, we're going to take all the top five guys, the sixth guy, you're in charge of the ship now. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, make cause, sense. Cause 
can can an argument be made then that if Cisco is captain of Deep Space Nine, Worf has been command of the Defiant, which is the reason that he's there. Should Cisco not have gone on this mission? What difference would it have made if Cisco had not gone in a military situation and Worf had been in command? I think the argument for sending Cisco was more of a political one. That he was yeah, more send like the emissary. Eisenhower. Yeah. Right. So, Bill, because... how often did you take command of the ship when everybody else left? <laughs> <laughs> At what point, Bill, oh. would it have, have come to the point where you would have had to take command? We have to let wow. Robinson out of the brig. <laughs> we need somebody oh, to command the ship. I've seen the movie now. Bill, played by Bruce Willis, sat in the brig, all stubbly and hungover. <laughs> Everyone else has been wiped out, and only you can save the ship. And i got to crawl through an air duct to get to the bridge. <laughs> but I get stuck because I'm too fat. All the terrorists in the world, and i got to kill one with she's smaller my mother. Join the, join the Navy, they said. We'll have to see <laughs> I the picture, world. Have a good time. I picture Bill muttering that under his breath every time they give him some job to do. <laughs> Bill, we need you to peel potatoes. Sure, join the Navy. <laughs> we haven't mentioned the Christopher Pike Award. Yes, I liked, I liked that notes. reference a lot. That's in my notes. My notes says, does the metal beep? that's not nice so now what i was thinking about because i always think of the political end you think while this battle was going on the president of the federation is like watching a live feed as going down (laughs) you know like in the war room under whatever their version of the white house is Uh, yeah the president of the federation and all his aides are watching it (laughs) you mean red foreman from star trek six Yes. yes. That's who I always picture to. when I think of the president of the Federation. They wouldn't be able to watch it in real time, though, would they? Because they're that far away. No, no. So it's more like World War II, waiting for communicate. Yeah. Oh, the end of Star Wars. Yeah, they're just waiting for it over the radio. Yeah, World War II, basically what you just said. Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> well, the whole war is starting to remind me of the battle in the Pacific, like island hopping. Planet hopping, yeah. Right. You know, Paul, I think when you were doing your synopsis, you when every, every time you said Shintaka, you should have said it like Ace Ventura. Shintaka! Shintaka! I wouldn't have realized that was Ace Ventura, but I did consider doing that. Ah. Despite the fact that I didn't know it was Ace Ventura. <laughs> Ace Ventura 2. Okay, that's what that would be definitely why I would not know it. Oh, yeah, every time he says, Shakaka! Is that the one with Courtney Cox in? Uh, no, that was, uh, that was one. No, I probably didn't watch two then. Yeah, it was all right. That's selling it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the song I came up with for this episode was uh, when Cisco first gets back to the station and all the little children run up to him, and they're going Pelder Joy emissary, and 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 I'm like, I'm like, I'm like emissary was a bullfrog, <laughs> oh Pelder Joy. Oh, the boys! Our, our uh, producer doesn't like that song. Oh, I think you're right. Oh, I know I'm right. <laughs> Emissary was. He may post. edit this out. <laughs> oh no, no! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dave. Dave, don't edit me. No, I will be retroactively, re- retroactively expunged. Bill wants to stay. 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 <laughs> no songs for you. <laughs> uh, so. So my, my 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 last note from my post-its that you have all seen is um, I went straight to the Flash Gordon movie when the Klingon ships dive and I was doing Ryan Dive, Blessed. dive, dive! No, they're going, dive! <laughs> <laughs> the 
the battle scenes in this one were actually quite good. They were on three three dimensional landscape as well, weren't they? Instead of just being straight lines. Yes, yes, yes. And I love the gem hunter just taking out fourteen oh Klingons. Oh my god! Gem, you're just just like flying right into him. Well, I mean, you know, if you don't care about your men, then, I mean, well, that is like the war in the Pacific, Dave, because, you know, doing a kamikaze to mm-hmm. take out, you know, using a smaller ship to take out a larger ship. But yeah. uh, don't they have shields? I mean, what, they just stopped energy? I was, I was thinking that throughout this entire battle is nobody got their shields up. It just rips right through it. Oh, energy shield. Oh, my God. Right, right, right through a cruiser. Now, oh, I sent a link for the Akira class there. Uh, is that the ship that you thought, Andy? Yeah, I thought that was the NXO one. Yeah, I thought they were dusting off all ships right. out of the off-balls and then remembered no Enterprise was well after this. You see how it's flipped? The nacelles are down instead of up on, yeah. like on the NX. Yes. Just what I've just got the space battle on in the background now while we're talking. Yeah, none of these ships have shields up. <laughs> can they not fire if the shields are up? Uh, yeah, they can. All right, okay, so they should have shields up then. But but maybe it's because they're in such close proximity to one another. Yeah yeah that's it. Yeah okay. Just, just making it up. Well, just to play devil's advocate and see if we can make this work. Perhaps the shield only diffuses energy, whereas if you hit it with something solid. True, but they do have deflector shields that's supposed to be able to deflect. Well, that's for like micro me- meteorites and other flotsam and jetsam out there, but. Uh, it's like you could shoot down a missile, but you can't shoot down a shell from a battleship. I don't know. You'd think a shield would be just that, but, you know. Maybe I don't know. it was built by the lowest bidder, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> well, you know, you know, the shuttlecraft can, pa- can pass through a shield. I think we've seen that. And the torpedoes fire through shields. But there you go. I don't know. I don't know. What's the point of the shield if all you're stopping is energy? Hmm. And you can't beam people through shields, hmm. unless it's Brooke. Yeah, well, that's because unless... it's en- well, that's because it's energy. So, so maybe they should put some machine guns on these and get ships, and the shields would be useless. We could get Cuba Gooding out there. Yes, as a cook, cook who shot down, shoot down a Gemhadar. Just throw it out there. Everybody go see Midway. It was a great picture. If you like a war movie. Well, by the time this is. <laughs> By the time this post, it'll be on Blu-ray. Yeah, they'll go, be able. Go rent. To, go rent. Uh, they'll be able to watch it at home. Probably on television by now. It might be. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I'll just leave it at I don't know. A million-dollar movie in the afternoon. Well, you know what? Maybe they should just. Uh, quick course, this will be t- t- uh, timely by the time this comes out. Maybe they should just make. Uh, maybe the Gem Hadar ships are made like. Uh, uh, Elon Musk's new um, SUV. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing from Damnation Alley. Did anyone else spot that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you're going to look for futuristic, you don't look to Damnation Alley. I think that was the same thing they used in that Gene Roddenberry show, Arc 1 or Arc 2. Was it? Brilliant. Yeah. It's the same It's the same giant Winnebago SUV thing. Quality. And it's got bulletproof windows that you can't throw a metal ball through. <laughs> That's because they're going to get rid of most of the population. By having them buy those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's only 30, 39,000 quatloos. <laughs> so Why are we running out of stuff to talk about? This was a really good episode. That's why, because it was a really good episode. Well, I guess we should touch more on Jadzia. Yeah, I guess we should We should have a tribute. We should have a wake. Oh, Let's have a drink. 
Oh, I'm out of diet, Mountain Dew. Well, like I said, I, I, you know, and then just going back to the negative a little bit, I, I just feel like they, I know they had to rush her exit because she was leaving and they didn't have time to, to build up slowly. But I think, I, you know, to use uh, the term that comes to mind is I feel like they handled it kind of ham-handedly. Uh, it just really felt like, you know, like they, they kind of just rushed to try and create a uh, sad thing about the baby and all of that stuff. Whereas I, I felt like they they could have, it could have been poignant just based on maybe them talking about having a baby and maybe having Worf hesitant and then they decide they're going to try and then she gets killed. I think that would have felt more more organic than what this did. This felt very forced to me. I don't think they needed the baby stuff at all. I almost think the only reason you put the baby stuff in, aside to make it sadder, is to give her an excuse to wind up in the uh, the temple where she's killed. Mm. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Why, why would she be in there? Yeah, why would she be in the Temple of the Prophets? Yeah. But they just as easily could have said, oh, you know, we picked up an incursion and she runs over there to see what it is. But no, they, they, yeah, they, could have, they could have had any number of reasons why she runs into Ducat. That's... And the thing that the thing about the whole thing that bothered me is it's one of these circumstances where she lives just long enough to say goodbye and then expires. Yeah, and apparently that was added later as well. Originally, he just killed her. I think that would have played better. Yeah, because I was expecting Worf to say something like, I will kill Ducat and have Cisco say, I won't stop you. I will kill him where he stands. You, you mean we couldn't have this big, long scene like in... Uh... Mad, 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 mad world with <laughs> where she kicks the bucket. <laughs> I say! <laughs> that would have been great. Wait, go to the Pajora Temple, the big W. Hum. So, I guess we're going to rate this episode. Or just, but I will just add in the last thought of uh, I very much enjoyed uh, oh. Terry Farrell's contribution to the show over the last six seasons and her, her loss. Although she is replaced with a good character next season, uh, her loss is definitely felt, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we miss Chadzi. Definitely. Yeah. Aw. Was anybody taking... Uh, Andy may not be familiar with the actor that played the Romulan, David Burney. Were you no, pulled... but I liked him. Okay. Were you... Uh, I always p- picture him as a good character, and I was kind of taken out by the fact I'm like, wait a minute, this is the guy that was married to Meredith. You know, he's married to Bridget loves Bernie. Uh, yeah, to to Meredith Baxter Bernie. But yeah, she was the mom on Family Ties. But her, I remember, uh, like he always played like, at least I saw him playing like you know wholesome good ca- characters and. Here he's playing, well, not that a Romulan's not wholesome and good, but, you know. No, they're not. Okay, well. But I was just kind of like, wow, that's that's that guy. But he was good. He was good as a Romulan. He was very good as a Romulan. <laughs> Yoda thinks so, too. Yoda agrees. Yes, he does. Y- Yoda validates your podcast. I would make a comment about the Mandalorian now, but I will pass. Ready then? So, what's your rating? Uh, I thought this was a very enjoyable episode. Uh, I don't think it quite hits the pinnacle because I do think I do have some faults with some of the things that go on in it. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four. Mm. Uh, I will give it uh, 
4.25 burnt out Bajoran orb. 4.25. Yes. Okay. 4.25 burnt out Bajoran orbs. All right. Andy or Dave? One of them. Uh, I, was Dev, I was letting Dev go first. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I really liked it. I gave it four a four as well. Yeah, I'm going to go for four as well. And I think the only reason it doesn't get a five is the contrived nature of Jadzia's death. But uh, everything else about this one is really good, including the ending, which basically tears the show to bits, really, going into the final season, which I liked a lot. Yep. So now we have 25 oh, episodes it, left. I should have given it 4.25 beeping pike medals. Damn it. <laughs> okay, well, now you did that too. Fix it in post. <laughs> so so that's what we thought of the season finale for episode for season six. But what did Blaine think? Oh, what did he think? That really doesn't what help me. Did he think? I, I'm not done yet. Now you've ruined it. Just read the email. <laughs> no, you're, you're, a, you're a sad, sad man. I actually had nothing. I was just stretching for time. Okay, well, Blaine says, Hi, guys. Thus endeth season six. It went out with a bang. We get the swan song for Jadzia, Crazy Ducat's newest plan, and actual implications and decisions for Cisco's emissary status. O'Brien's plan to give the power plant a Federation signature reminds me of that conversation between Klingons and Vulcans making the rounds on social media about the benefits of human engineers. I'll include the link in case you haven't seen it. It's a strong finale that does what it intend what it's intended to do. It makes you want to come back for next season. We've got a great space battle, a reference to the Bajoran Gratitude Festival we saw in Season 3, with 100% less Luaxana this time, and a major cast change. It sounds like Terry Farrell was the one who decided she'd leave the show, although she didn't want to watch Jedzia die, but rather wanted the door open to come back for finales and special events while she did other acting. She went on to Becker, a sitcom with Ted Danson. That's the problem with playing a symbiotic life form who got married. The writers get too excited by the possibilities of killing the host while saving the symbiote. I don't want to say much more for fear of spoiling Season 7 for first-time viewers, however many of those there are out there. I missed much of the first half of Season 7 the first time. My school schedule was insane. I was averaging 17 hours of sleep per week for the last four months of 1998. I do recall that the series ends with a 10-part episode, and I'm really looking forward to it. Still, I've got this sixth season of Voyager to get through first, and dating this email somewhat, the first only season of Iron Fist will hit Netflix two weeks from today, so that will bump to the top of the viewing queue as well. Still, I suspect you'll have the Season 7 emails in time for recording. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yep. <laughs> and then he gives a link, which I don't know if possibly when the episode posts, if Dave can put it on there, but if you want to do an internet search for it, if it's not available, uh, I think if you do a Google search for the answer to why humans are so central in Star Trek, it'll bring you to the, to the page that he gives us. And it's signed Blaine. So, Blaine, uh, it, it seems to me like Blaine had more commentary on the ramifications of this episode than on the episode itself. And I think maybe that's where we got a little tied up, because not that a lot, it's not that a lot doesn't happen. A lot does happen, but it's more interesting to see, okay, it's ramped up for next season than it is as far as this particular episode goes in a lot of ways, I think. So, that's it. Yep. Andy, what are we doing 
next time. Next time, an all-new episode of Listen to the Prophets. It's an all-new season. Season 7. Wow, do you think we'd get this far? I, when we started, I did not know. Never thought I'd go to distance. <laughs> Superman didn't even do nothing. He's dead. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> he killed him. Don't you hate that lady? Oh. She the be- big one's almost as strong as Superman. Goodbye, everybody. Punch her. Oh, Superman. Come out and play, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't give the name of the episode for next time. Oh, images in the sand. In the shadows of chaos. It's like everyone's gone crazy. In the aftermath of murder. He's having a hard time accepting her death. In the Federation's darkest hour. I wish Captain Sisko were here. So do I. Hope shines upon one man. Had a vision for the prophets. In the light of truth. What if the orb does exist? Does annihilation await? What's wrong? On the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Say <laughs> with such enthusiasm. <laughs> oh. Andy, what's your motivation in giving the episode title? Images in the sand. Complot. Listen to the Prophets at Deep Space Nine Podcast is a Two True Freaks presentation. It is hosted by Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright CBS and Paramount Entertainment. If you'd like to buy stuff from Amazon, and who doesn't, why not drop by the twotruefreaks.com website, where if you click the little link that we have there, it will take you straight through that site, and whilst it won't cost you any extra, we'll put a few shekels in our tip jar, which helps create content like this. We very much hope you enjoyed listening to The Prophets. Every episode is dedicated to the memory of our pal, Sean Engel. Kaplot is a day long remembered. It has seen the end of Cisco. It will soon see the end of the prophets.